This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. Um, it's starting to become evening here in Cape Town, so I've got myself a, a bourbon. I hope that is okay with 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 you, Nurse Danny. Are you okay with with me drinking a bourbon since it's evening down here? That's fine. It's five o'clock somewhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, uh, are you a bourbon drinker yourself? I am not. No, You're I've not. got I've got my water here. I've got my water here. Nurse Danny, that's what we will refer to you as, um, or just Danny, because it's easier to say. Um, your story is obviously why you and I are chatting now. And you know what's so sad is that your story is one of now many that's that's starting to occur around the world. I'm a pediatric registered nurse, certified pediatric registered nurse. I've been a nurse um, for 16 years. I've been in the medical field for 20. And um, I've spent most of my career taking care of the pediatric population, which is supporting um, young children, zero to 18, and mm. their families. Actually, what I've not shared with anyone yet, and I'll share with you, is that I knew I wanted to be a nurse ever since I was six years old. So this is truly a passion of mine. It's what God made me for, the caring and advocating and um, comforting in the highest time of need. That's mm. my passion. This whole pandemic thing really just opened my eyes to a whole new level of corruption in the medical system. And um, as I started to ask questions and look for the truth, things got more and more difficult. And the, at mm. the height of the difficulty was when um, the vaccine mandates became a mandate. Other than, rather than being highly suggested, um, it became a mandate. But even before then, the bullying and the psychological and emotional warfare that was going on inside the hospital while we're trying to take care of our youngest patients, um, it, it became unbearable. So all of that culminated into me choosing to step away from um, the bedside. What's, what sort of bullying? What, what, do you, what do you mean? So there were, it started with email chain, like email communications that came from corporate and um, they would tell us the numbers, just like you see it in the news, right? But they would gear it towards us and what we were dealing with. But it was just, it was, you know how you can make numbers say whatever you want? Mm. Well, that's what they were doing. Um, and as the time went on and the shop became available, then it became, they rolled, they rolled out the red carpet for this shot and for anybody who would take it. And it became like, hashtag this, take a picture with that. And I have never seen in my entire career anyone hashtag and take a picture yeah. for for a vaccine, for a flu shot we get every year, year kind of thing. Well, I personally did not get it every year. Um, part of my story is that I have been um, vaccine injured from the H1N1 shot years ago. Um, so I'm used to not taking the shots that they want me to take. Yeah. <laughs> I am not used to, however, the tactics that they went about um, asking us to give 
an inordinate amount of information, um, personal information about our medical history. And then they were, wanted us to write a statement of faith. And I've already shared with you that, yeah. you know, I have, you know, and so I, the reason for me not taking the shot is twofold. I've been vaccine injured and I've done the research on this thing and it just doesn't sit right with me. And then on the other side, I have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And I have heard the word from God saying, do not take this shot. So um, they didn't respect that. My, the hospital I worked at did not respect those stances. Corporate side, they tried really hard to create a divide. They One of their biggest tactics that they used was a badge tag. Okay. The badge tag said COVID-19 vaccinated. And it no. sat at the very top. Yes. Okay, if I, for anyone who knows their history, this an actual David, badge. Yes, an actual bat, a tag that goes on our badge sits no. right here. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And at first, it was a choice. Hey, you know, those who are responsible enough to take that shot, go ahead and wear that that badge signifier, showing everybody around you that you were responsible. You made the wise choice. But that didn't work. Most people still decided, even if I got the shot, that's my business. It's not anybody else's business. I'm not going to wear it. So then they upped the ante a little bit more. And they had um, the, uh, what do you call it, uh, employee health. The employee health nurse come up to the nurse's station during high peak um, yeah. care hours and try to catalog everybody and hand out the badge tags. Like she was passing out an award, badge tag for you, badge tag for you, put it on, it's so important, right? So that was the next level. The next level came when the mandate came out in um, mid-August, mid and um, it was, hey, there's gonna be a mandate, you have three weeks to decide to take the shot, put in for an exemption, which will likely be denied, or lose your job those are your options and with that became the conversation of those who are not wearing their badge tags it will be a requirement a, a condition of employment to wear that badge tag so anybody who did somehow get the the um, exemption would be quickly identified it was a very sick environment and and it's not an environment where we could provide safe care if the very people that are charged to care for you are being so mentally and emotionally abused. Yeah, just hold on. You're you're a medical professional. You're trying to help people. Yep. What was it like talking to the other staff? Uh, did you talk to them? Were they? Oh, res yeah. yeah. And tell me more. Yeah, so um, that's just me and my personality. When things are going on and I'm like trying to make sense of it, I check in with my peers. I check it. They're like my family. They're my mm. work family, right? And so when I'm reading these emails every single day saying those of you that have gotten the shot, good job, and wear that badge tag to make sure that people around you know that you're safe to be around, and I would look – I don't have a badge tag. I look at my friend to this side and that side that were at the nurse's station. They have their badge tags. 
I would ask them outright, how does it make you feel that mm. you're wearing a badge tag and I'm not? Does that make you feel unsafe? Do I make you feel unsafe? And I, I wasn't being nasty about it. I truly wanted to know. And the answer, every time I asked that question from the people that I worked with, the people that I've known for almost 10 years, has always been, that is your choice. You, it, it doesn't make me feel any less safe to be around you. That's your choice, and I support you in your choice, and my choice was to get the shot. That was it. So corporate was trying their darndest to create a divide, and the relationships I had built over the past almost 10 years, nine, nine years, um, they, they stood the test of that kind of divisiveness one-on-one. Mm. Um, -on -one. However, I will say that as things got closer to the time of take the shot or you're gone kind of thing, there was a level of frustration with some of my coworkers. Yeah. Like just take just take the shot. Just do just do it. You know, there was some of those conversations happening and it's like, you know, I'm not going to. And that's just where I stood and that's where they stood. And it was all very, very hard and, and frustrating for all of them. The first wave of people in December, I think that they really believed that they were doing their part and that they were trying to get life back to normal. And what I was seeing in them was a level of frustration and grief over time when things were clearly not getting back to normal. Okay. And then there were the people who were on the fence, but amidst the continuous pressure and fear mongering, mm. they were, they were on the fence. They did choose to take it. And these were the people that before the shot came out, I was like, are you going to take it? And they were like, oh, heck no, not in the first year. Absolutely not. And those people, most most of them took it. Do you know anyone who, who was maybe reluctant to take the shot and has perhaps suffered? Yes, unfortunately, too many. Um, but there are two that are in my, my support group. Um, I have a private support group for my colleagues. Um, and two of them were denied their medical exemptions and they had legitimate medical reasons that put them at risk. Their doctors signed the paperwork. They went through all the steps. They divulged more information than they needed to about their health to, to request this exemption. They were denied and, um, they got the shot and they both ended up with myocarditis inflammation of the heart, right? Because, well, it's all designed to make you feel so alone. All of this um, propaganda, all, the way they're going about it is so systematic. Mm. It's designed to make us feel alone. And I just started reaching out to friends that I knew had the same stance I did and I asked how they were doing. And they, we were not okay. You know, we needed support. We needed that camaraderie. So we went through from about three people to a group of 120. I mean, there are hospitals out there who are still letting it be choice. I, you know, th there are places to still do that. But for the grand scheme of things, this, this is the new norm. What is the new normal? You may not enter or work at a hospital unless you have a COVID shot. 
Yeah, that's what they're that's what they're gearing up, gearing all of us up for. That's what we were told when the mandate came out was that you can go ahead and try to find another job somewhere. But good luck, because we're all on the same page. And even if they haven't rolled out their mandates yet, they will. And you'll be out of a job. What does this mean for you? This is this has been very, very difficult. I'm, mm. I'm stepping out of my comfort zone greatly. Um, and I'm just thankful that I have my faith walk to be able to endure it. And um, I know and I trust that no matter what comes next, that God is guiding my every step. What will happen, Danny, if you can't go back to the medical field? Oh, that's such a hard question because it is like a part of me, you know. Um, so I've I've been in talks with with other professionals who feel the same way I do, and and you know we're talking about opening up clinics and other ways because what's happening also is that people who are choosing not to get vaccinated are being denied healthcare, den- denied equal access to healthcare. Um, so that's already happening. So we want to provide a space where anyone is welcome. Why did you why did you quit your job and not wait to get fired? Wouldn't wouldn't there have been a a, a, um, a legal strategy that you could have used? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that question because um I did take a different path than than I think most people did. But again, my steps were guided by God mm-hmm. and supported by my family and quite frankly, it was such a sick environment to be in. There was such a level of mental and emotional warfare that I could no longer do my job the way that I need to do my job, okay? And that was like literally killing me. Mm-hmm. I I was I was coming home just completely drained, dejected, like oh, I I just I just couldn't do it anymore. And the final straw for me was when I was advised to sit down and write a um, religious request for exemption. And I'm sitting down at the computer and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And as I started to, I just, a righteous indignation came over me. Like no, no committee on the face of this earth has the right to validate my relationship with God. And for me, as I was starting to write this letter, that's how I felt. I felt like I was begging an unknown group of people to validate my relationship with God and and to not, you know, to excuse me from the vaccine. So instead of writing my religious exemption request, I wrote my resignation letter. Were your colleagues applying for such exemptions? Absolutely. All 120 that I know of in my group. And, and we are a fraction of people who were brave enough to c- collect in one spot, you know. Um, we were, a, like I said, a fraction of the group. But I like mm. to let you know that before this mandate came out, 45% of my hospital had eight months to choose to take the shot, and they didn't. 40 of the entire Orlando area hospital. Like that's not only the hospital, but that's all the satellite clinics too. That's thousands of healthcare professionals. That number represents thousands. 
Okay. And then 36% of the Delaware hospital, which is our sister hospital, had chosen not to take the shot as of that mandate date, you know, when they first rolled it out. We had made our choice. The line yeah. was drawn in the sand. Yeah. So yes, they did they did um do the religious exemptions, their medical exemptions, and um most of them, the majority of them were denied. 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 With no um we asked about, well, what is the algorithm? What are what is the decision making tree that mm. aligns you with allowing this person to get it but not that person um and no answer they would not afford us any sort of clarity on this and which is why as of right now we're gearing up to take legal action did you or did you and them challenge any of the data that they might have presented we actually did i love that question you're the first person to ask that question <laughs> um, yeah, there were town hall meetings and quickly I realized that these town hall meetings were actually re-education camps. Mm. Okay. If we know our history. We know yeah. we already seen the badge tags <laughs> of the third David and now these town hall meetings, really they're re-education camps. Mm. And I was encouraged by my direct um, supervisor to go ahead and attend one of those town hall meetings. Fantastic. Great. I We sent them a list of questions, me and my group, a list of questions, none of which were addressed. However, what ended up being said was basically all of the questions that have derived from social media, Facebook, things like that. Um, it's all gobbledygook. The, the, <laughs> doctor, the doctor who was ahead of all of this research of pushing the vaccines, he's actually on um, the Moderna pay, pay schedule, okay? And he's pushing this vaccine this experimental injection on us, the medical professionals, when we come up with actual solid scientifically based questions, <laughs> we're told, and I quote, it's a bunch of gobbledygook. What's happening on the front lines is they're not, I don't see any national guard right now, but I hear that threat. I do. Um, what is happening right now is there are a lot of new graduates coming in. A lot of uh, unpracticed nurses and other healthcare professionals, doctors, all, all that. Um, and your seasoned people are leaving. And then they're being replaced by these brand new, straight out of school nurses and doctors. So that, that, puts, that puts our patients at, at risk. A disadvantage. Yeah. How long have you now not been at the hospital? It has been a little over 30 days. Okay, so a month. Mm -hmm. And it's not looking its not looking any better for your colleagues who are there, who are fighting it, who are resisting. No, unfortunately, um, most of all, the divide has happened. It is complete. They, um, those that couldn't afford to lose their jobs and didn't get the exemption they needed, got the shot and then others like me who absolutely will not take it 
for any reason, their last day was last week. And a year ago, people like you were the hero. Hmm, that's what they said. And now, and now you're seen as some sort of villain. Right. Is that, am I getting it right? Yeah, you know, I always felt like this whole hero propaganda thing was a setup for a takedown kind of thing. Um, so I wasn't hurt or surprised because while they're calling us heroes, we weren't given the proper PPE, personal prote protective equipment. We were having to reuse masks. We weren't given the proper masks for what we were called an airborne particulate. We were given one, what was supposed to be a single use mask, one like regular mask to wear all day for every single patient. Um, yeah, so it it doesn't surprise me at all. It mm. is it is tragic, um, but it doesn't. Unfortunately, it just doesn't surprise me. Do you think the healthcare industry, not just on your side of the world, but perhaps globally right now, is broken? It's severely broken. Yes, it really is. How do how do we fix it? I mean. Honestly, it's, I think it's so broken that we free thinking people are going to have to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and start that American ingenuity, you know, and, and forge ahead with something new because it's just so corrupt. It's just so broken that I'm not sure there's anything that we can do from the inside. I, I was in the inside. I tried my best. There are people that are still in this inside relentlessly fighting and they're hitting brick walls. What have you said to, to your, to your kids? Well, I'm very honest with them. I'm, I'm letting them know exactly what's happening and how this is unfolding and that I was asked to get a shot that I don't believe is right for me and that God told me not to take. And, um, there's, science and research to even back that up and so I'm not going to take it and because of that I'm gonna, I'm losing my job and we're trusting in God to provide and they, they are just the smartest strongest kids I know they're just totally 100% supportive of that yes there are so many grassroots organizations that are that are sprouting up and coming together and and strengthening in numbers even as we speak uh and and i'm just so thankful that i can be you know say that these are my friends mm. <laughs> that, that we're all fighting the good fight together well first and foremost it's a spiritual battle you know whatever whatever we're seeing with our eyes on this earth has already been raging in the spirit world and so now, so now it's here, you know, now we're seeing the evidence of that right before our eyes. Yeah. It's just darkness and corruption at the deepest level. But it's also an opportunity for people like me and you to call people to their greatness, individuals coming together to, for the greater good. The more my intention is to reach out and let people know that they're not alone and be encouraged and we each have a gift in this world 
um, and, and to go after that and, and give that gift fully as for as long as we are here, you know, I'm noticing there's so many more of us. Mm. If you know anything about the Bible, there is a separating of the wheat from the shaft. And that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing those who are awake and, and, and in their purpose being separated from the people who just are blind to see what's happening. You're not alone. That whatever you're facing right now, face it with boldness and confidence that you're on the right side of history. Stand for what's right and don't give up. Uh, Nurse Danny, in front of you, there's a crystal ball. What do you see? What? Oh, where's the context there? <laughs> Just what do I see? I wow. Yeah, I don't know if you're ready for this, but here it comes. <laughs> I I see revelation, the like the Bible unfolding right before us right now. That, that's what I see. I think that you've made a very principled decision. It's a difficult one, um, and I absolutely wish you all the best. I'll certainly keep you in in my thoughts and my prayers so thank you so much danny it's been wonderful chatting to you and um we will stay in touch but god bless you and all the best thank you thank you for doing what you do to get the message out it's my great pleasure my name is germ this is germ warfare the battle of ideas if you enjoyed this podcast Please visit supportgerm.com.